Hi, and welcome back to a podcast above a convenience store, Talking Twin Peaks. I'm Joe Fremming from the JoeDown.blog. With me, as always, is Paul Muadib. Hello, Paul. Hello, Joe. And uh, we're back with the return. Uh, we're getting pretty balls deep, and <laughs> what we both have agreed is our favorite Lynch project of all time. But before we get into it, uh, Paul, you have some news. I do have some news. Unfortunately, um, to our audience, um, we're going to go on hiatus after this episode. Um, I'm going to be undergoing surgery um, next week, and I won't know what my recovery time is going to be until after the surgery is done. Um, and with the surgery, you know, I'm going to be laid up. I'm not going to be able to sit up um, a whole lot. Uh, my 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 whole thing is either going to be laying down or standing. My I'm going to be limited on how I see it, sit. So, um, you know, as we go on, we could be on hiatus for a week. We could be on hiatus for three weeks. Um, we'll probably let you know through the JoeDown.blog as well as our Facebook page what the uh, when we'll be coming back. Well, yeah, and uh, to. And good luck with the surgery, Paul. And to quote the title of this episode, don't die. <laughs> I don't. If I die from the surgery, I have a shitty life, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So, uh, yeah, we're in part six now. Uh, and we're, we kick it, it kind of picks up the last episode left off. Uh, Cooper's still at the statue <laughs> so sad it's just sad <laughs> just, oh the, again on the rewatches like i just appreciate dougie more and more <laughs> yeah he's playing he's trying to take his cuff off of his shirt <laughs> of his jacket or the, something yeah, he's captivated by the guy's badge too like yeah, yes so something's resonating with cooper he's mm-hmm. we see these things uh and then we'll see it as they come along too. There's like things with like law enforcement and things that seems to jog something in Dougie, uh, yes. as we discussed. Cooper is well aware of what, what's going on. He just doesn't have control over all his faculties at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very much trapped inside of his um, own mind. And you know, when watching this episode, I also get the sense that like part of you know there's there's so many metaphors and so many things that uh, that have meaning in this in in the return um that you can really grab from but one of the i think the the obvious uh, in this episode is just the depression of abuse um and what it causes uh you know and, and it's, that's what i really got out of this particular episode yeah uh yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's it's funny when I see Dougie, and I've I think I've said this before, but like there's been like you know we've gone through traumas in our life, mm-hmm. and there's been a, a couple that hit me hard where I felt inside like how Dougie's acting, like I just you know I just I'm numb to the world. Oh, I just love that. Yeah, absolutely. I I will be I'll be the first one to admit that and I've all, you know, we've all experienced this trauma and I have gone through disassociative periods for some of the really extreme traumas that I've gone through where it's like watching my watching me do things. I have no control over what I'm doing. I'm either going through the motions or I'm just numb and I'm just watching my body on um auto 
Yes. Absolutely. Yep. And I've been through that too. And uh, so it's, it's like, like watching the return and like kind of seeing that, like, yeah, I don't know if that's what they were intending, but that's how I see Dougie. And that's just like my like interpretation <laughs> because you know, Cooper's obviously been through a trauma. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been in the black lot <laughs> Twenty-five years with a, a bubblegum tree and a one-armed man who all speak backward. Yes, and you know I, I I compare Lynch to Kubrick that he's very methodical in what he does, and I do think that part of why he's so um, cagey in interviews where he where people want to know the meanings of it is because he sets things up with enough mystery that you're supposed to think and come up and his his ideas are, there's five, there's 10, there's 15 different ways that you could interpret what's going on. It's not my place to say what is right for you. Yeah, He's also said in interviews, like his projects are like a mystery where the viewer is the detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of fits in. But, uh, so we got Dougie, and the security guard thinks he might be uh, messed up on drugs, or he might be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they bring poor Dougie home, yep. and uh, he doesn't even know his own address. He just knows the color of the door. He knows the color of the door and Lancelot. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I have to say, this is the first person who's actually given genuine concern about Dougie that I can think of. There's been some. Uh, Jade seemed concerned, but she really, you know, she she just dumps him off at the casino. <laughs> right. So um, After she tells him he had a stroke. <laughs> yeah. The guy, his buddy at the casino, his wife seemed concerned. Like, mm-hmm. so there's, there's some people who see that something's not right. Even, like, in this episode, his boss seems, like, a little concerned at times. Yeah. Until he sees, like, what Dougie's showing him. But we'll mm-hmm. get to that. So they get to the door, and there's an envelope on the porch from some hired goons. We find out <laughs> these guys are great. <laughs> um, uh, it's pictures of Dougie with Jade, and of course, Dougie sees pictures of Jade, and he gets all excited. <laughs> Jade. <laughs> she gives two rides. She gives two rides, <laughs> and all his wife can, all Janie can say is, "I bet she does." <laughs> I love Naomi Watts in this man. She's mm-hmm. the humor here is just great. Like the exasperated wife, <laughs> with you know, and like because like Dougie's easy. You know, he's just like people just when they're talking to Dougie, they're just talking to themselves. Like there's no audience, right? Dougie. Right, absolutely, and I I do I love Naomi Watts uh, as just I couldn't see anyone else playing this character. No, and I, I love her as an actress, and I think like a lot of people, I first got aware of her because of David Lynch from Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. She she really owes Lynch her career. Yeah, uh, and, uh, you know, she seems just to love the guy. Everybody who works with Lynch, for the most part, seem to love working with him. Yes. Anthony Hopkins did not like working with David Lynch. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't uh, know about yeah, that. He just didn't, because uh, he was like a, kind of an established, well-trained actor when they did Elephant Man, and Lynch was just so, it's his first kind of movie movie. Like, Razorhead was like, you know, it's a cult following, but uh, apparently he butted heads with Lynch on 
the making of Elephant Man. And there's, there's there's times with other actors like we talk about with Belushi in this. Like some people just don't jibe with Lynch's direction. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so <laughs> Janie has the she has the phone the phone rings phone rings. Dougie just looks fascinated and kind of frightened by it. <laughs> yeah, yes, he does. He reminds me a lot of uh, Baby Yoda in The Mandalorian, <laughs> just taking it all in. Yes. You know, they couldn't make, like, Disney couldn't capitalize on Dougie Jones action figures for some reason. <laughs> I want a Dougie Jones action I do, too. <laughs> Holy shit. I wonder if there's a Funko Pop of him, because I do have one of Cooper and Audrey. I got all the Twin Peaks ones. They do not, but I got, uh, they got uh, Cooper, Audrey, Laura, Log Lady, the Giant, Bob, and Leland. Nice. Yeah, I saw the um, uh, the, the Laura wrapped in plastic one. Yeah, that one's the most morbid of my Funko Pop collection. <laughs> <laughs> that one probably raises the most eyebrows when people see it. <laughs> Right. So, so yeah. So she um, what? And she sends him upstairs first to go see Sunny Jim. Um, before she no, gets the um, no, she well, she's she's talking, she's talking to these hired goons on the phone. Oh yes. And uh, my favorite line is like, "Who can get that kind of money? Getting that kind of money is a, is hard, especially with broken legs." Because she's like, "What are you gonna do? Break his legs?" <laughs> She takes no shit. Again, she's a strong-willed woman. I absolutely love her. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, you know, and she she totally, you know, this is like right after she sees him holding hands and being all cuddle-cuddle with, uh, with Jade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, yeah, they, they agree to meet in the park. She says, I'll take care of it. And she was going to take him to the doctor. And now she can't. Because she has to deal with these goons. Oh, yeah. No, you're, you're right. This happens uh, after. But, yeah, so Cooper, <laughs> yeah, so she's dealing with the hired goons. Uh, she sends uh, Dougie up to uh, to say goodnight to Sonny Jim. And yeah. he's, he has no idea where he's going. He doesn't even know how to walk upstairs. <laughs> he stands there. He doesn't quite understand it. He's around, and then he kind of turns and looks, and then he comes back in. I was thinking to myself. From Sonny Jim's position, what do you think of your dad at this point? <laughs> Again, I think like the the Tulpa must have had episodes like this because everybody seems to think this is normal for Dougie. <laughs> yeah, because when she's talking to the cop and the cop drops him off, the security guard, she's like, "Ah, you know, this is him on a good day." What? <laughs> <laughs> he seemed lucid when we saw the original Ducky with Jade. Well, all he said, though, was his left arm was numb, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then she gets in the shower and then go, oh, yeah, you had a stroke. <laughs> Again, I want to see the show, right? We talked about this. I want to see the the Sonny, uh, the, the, the Dougie Jones and Janie, like what happened leading up to Cooper jumping in his body. Just give me like, give me a four episode run. I don't need a full season. Just give me four episodes. <laughs> yeah, just a just a slice of life and what that world that relationship was like. Right. Oh my god! Because like yeah, again, so Dougie's in 
Sonny Jim's room and Sonny Jim uh, thinks he's playing around and he's like, or horsing around because Dougie discovers the clapper. Oh my God. That's so turn nice. the lights back on. He is memorized by this clapper, man. <laughs> and Sonny Jim's like, no, dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Now they go back and then it's the phone rings. Uh, Janie sets up a meeting, meet time with the hired goons mm-hmm. around noon 30 the next noon day. 30, noon the next day. And then, uh, uh, then Dougie's just kind of looking. He's, he's, he gets, uh, he's heading towards the case files now. Yep. Yeah, because she tells him if that's work, she better, he better get it done. And she storms off. Yeah. And then we get uh, a callback to the original series with the streetlights changing. And the, yes, but we get an added electricity to it, right? Yeah. And that will become, I think, more important in episode eight. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, but as we've dis- discussed, when that light turns red, it means something, something's, something's about to happen. Something bad's about to happen in the mm-hmm. show, or at least within the next whatever. But mm-hmm. we don't know what it signifies. Uh, kind of. I wish I had a heads up on that one because that that's a that was like it's still one of the more disturbing things I've seen. I think that what it is is this is my thought with the with the streetlight is that it's showing when it, that particular streetlight is when it's red, the lodges you know, the, the 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 black lodge entities are about. I see it signaling danger. Okay. Uh, because uh, it's we see it signal and firewalk me, Laura gets killed. Uh, yeah, we see it. Uh, you know, uh, the in the finale of season two, Cooper they go to the black they go into the black lodge, uh, and in this episode, I think it signifies danger in that uh, the, the little kid with Richard. That's what I take from it, but I could be wrong. Well, no, absolutely, and I, I, well, I just think the whole thing with Richard, as we'll get into real quick here, um, is is a thing, yeah. But what it happens next is though, Cooper's staring at the floor, and <laughs> Mike appears. Yeah, and he's he's our avatar, people. <laughs> you have to wake up. Mm-hmm. Which I think uh, my first time through, I was like, yes. <laughs> Wake up. You have to wake up. Don't die. Is what he basically tells him. Which he says three times. Three times. And he what's interesting is he's backwards, right? So he's as as his arm goes back, don't die. Don't die. Don't die. And it's really interesting. Instead of pointing at Cooper, it's when the arm is going backwards that he says. I just thought that was a really cool um uh, aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we start seeing more of the the green light that guides Dougie, uh, basically the lodge make <laughs> keeping Cooper alive. Yes, absolutely. And he starts uh, doodling on his uh, case files. Uh, they're basically a series of ladders and stairs, and he circles names, mm-hmm. or he'll put, or he'll circ- draw like a. A black thing next to names and it just seems like a bunch of gibberish uh my original intent thought was he was trying to like 
express how he got out of the lodge because it's kind of felt like he was drawn like the ladder he yeah. climbed out of uh, in, when he was out in the purple space thing. Uh, you know, it could be. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> well, and so I want to talk a little bit about because I was as I was watching it, I was looking at the names of what's on these things, and Anthony Sinclair is on every one of these forms. Um, Rod and Brad Mitchum on a commercial property owner's perils chart. They're on there. There's reference to a hotel owner named Jake Cavello. Um, uh, Nancy Darren, uh, who is on a non-waiver agreement. Uh, there's a David Eubank. Uh, there's a Scott Cameron. There's a Carol King. Carolyn King. Except for Anthony Sinclair, Rod Mitchum, and Brad Mitchum, all the other names are production crew members. Oh, really? Yeah, Jay Cavello is the art production, development production assistant. Nancy Darren is a set designer. Uh, David Eubanks was a camera first assistant. Uh, Scott Cameron was the first assistant director. And Carolyn King worked as the art department coordinator. That's awesome. That mm -hmm. is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I love that shit. I love it when they give, you know, little nods to the people behind the scenes that sort of stuff, those little Easter eggs I like. And it's not, you know, Lynch, again, he loves, he likes working with you. He lets you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, he does. But, Paul, we need to get to Albert. Oh, my God. <laughs> I fucking love Albert, dude. Albert goes to Max Bond's bar, which <laughs> <laughs> I think was a reference to, uh, uh, what's his name, Max Von, uh, uh, what's his last name? Uh, Max von Sydnow. Yeah, I think that is too. Uh, again, uh, Lynch likes you. He'll throw a little nod your way. Mm -hmm. uh, Albert, it's a it's a rainy night. Uh, last time we saw them, he said he knows where she drinks. Where she drinks, and he's on the phone with with with. Uh... Cole, who's enjoying a nice Bordeaux. <laughs> with an with with obviously attractive woman. <laughs> Albert's pissed. Albert's so pissed. So, and again, this uh, one of my favorite quotes in all of Twin Peaks. He's in the rain. He's walking. He steps into like a puddle. He just says, fuck Gene Kelly, you motherfucker. <laughs> fuck Gene Kelly, you motherfucker. And the way... His voice comes out sounds like, sounds like a twenty year younger, um, uh, Miguel Ferrier, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, when they're making this, he was, uh, I think he was uh, sick. He was diagnosed with his uh, cancer when they were filming this. So I, it was nice to see him like be able to th give it all. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> you motherfucker. And. Uh, so we go we get in the bar, and after years and years and years of mystery behind who Cooper's been sending his inane ramblings to, we meet Diane. You meet Diane. And who else is pl can play Diane but Laura fucking Dern? Oh my God! Yeah, when she turned her actually, when I saw the back of her head, I'm like, is that Laura? That's got to be Laura Dern. That's oh. that looks like a Laura Dern head. And she turned around, I was like, Laura Dern. <laughs> and, I love, and again, the the return seems like a culmination of Lynch's whole thing, and I, and we'll get to it, get to it like later. It, it 
I think it's a mostly in part like 17, 18. It's so awesome to see Laura Dern and Kyle MacLachlan yes. on screen together. Like we haven't seen that since Blue Velvet. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And Laura Dern is another one of those actresses that and she's in something, I'm gonna love it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you 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 probably I think you didn't like didn't love uh, Last Jedi. Not yeah, the last Jedi. I haven't seen it. Well, she's in it. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it. So um I've been kind of like I said, you know, uh, uh, you know, doing an aside here. Um uh, you know, we talked about toxic fandom. And the the Star Wars fandom to me has gotten so toxic. I'm just out. I just don't even care anymore. I'm just yeah. I'm done. I watch the movies and I just keep it to myself. Fair enough. Fair. <laughs> I just I can't deal with the fandom either. Yeah. It's gotten poisoned. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's nice. We find we finally have a face to Diane. Even in like uh, uh, the missing pieces. We have a there's that scene with Diane, but we only see Cooper doing like wall exercises. Yeah, while he's fucking bothering her. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you could just imagine how fun a relationship that they had together. Looking at that, you know, again, missing pieces was it's needed, I think, to watch to watch the return. But uh, yeah, so he says hi, Diane. She turns around and says hi, Albert, and that's all we fucking get yeah. <laughs> because. We're off to my least favorite part of the... We're getting to my least favorite part of the whole the return. Yeah, it's mine too. Uh, it's a, uh, uh, it's the drug dealer. Uh, Shelly's kind of the guy she's like... We saw her kind of flirting with. Yes, Red. What's his name again? His name's Red. Red, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that shows how much I care about this storyline is that I don't even remember the fucking character's name. <laughs> yes, that was Balthasar Getty playing him, by the way. Yeah. Great and... actor. I just don't care about this shit. <laughs> well, I thought, it, I thought this was interesting because, again, I brought it up. I can't remember which episode of our podcast we did, but I brought this up showing that he's a Lodge entity as well. I don't think so. You don't? How did he do the magic trick then, dude? Because Richard's he... fucked up on the fucking drugs. Oh, you think that that's a drug? Th- I didn't. Yeah, I think it's a drug effect. side effect. I don't think. I, I'm. This is the thing with like Twin Peaks. Everything's like got to be linked to the law. I just think Richard was fucked up on drugs, and he. Uh, that was Red, just kind of knew how to fuck with him with it. Like, I used to do that with people at parties all the time in high school. If I knew they were on acid, I'd fuck with them. Interesting. <laughs> okay. See, I took it as. That was lodge magic. No, I don't. I don't think so. But the, the you know what? we're not always going to agree. <laughs> no, and the, again, I just, just just to plead my case on that one, it's because he's running the drug that we find out later fucks people up, and that Mister C was involved in. And I do think there's been this running theme throughout the, that what we saw uh, last episode with that device shrinking that that Mister C has kind of taken some of this lodge stuff and, and, and put it in with technology we saw it in the glass box um so i think that this drug is part of that that's the sparkle but that's that's my take yeah i don't think sparkle has anything with the lodge i just think it's a designer drug mr c came up with uh it just seems weird to try to synthesize the lodge into a drug for me maybe that's just i can't wrap my head around that sort of thing but i don't 
I don't think it's the lodge. It might be, you know, the it might be the motor oil that causes the gargamboza that they can use. I could, I mean, yeah, I could see that. Uh, I mean, it's but you have but a great I think point we're over on side. A part of the show we neither of us very much like. Well, you know, and again, <laughs> yes, and it's such a small. I mean, this this drug thing is a small part, even though later it, it creates a really weird scene, and you know what I'm talking about, yeah. and. Um, but yeah, this is also such a small part of this. Uh, I think it's a lot art. more for me. It's mirroring what was happening. Like things are still the same in Twin Peaks. The mm -hmm. drugs are still being run down through Canada. Yeah, like the coke was with Leo and Bobby, and again parallels. Red is Shelley's boyfriend, and he's also like Leo. He's yes, drunk. so she got another Leo, and Richard Horn is our Bobby. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he did shoot Bobby shot that cop, but Richard <laughs> runs over a child. Oh my god! Yeah, so he fucks with with uh, with Red fucks with Richard, and I'm kid, yeah, calling him kid, and this drives him nuts. And what I thought was also interesting was he's driving a diesel truck. Why does Richard have a diesel truck? <laughs> well, there's theories about where this truck came from. Oh, let's hear that. What's that? It gets to the... What's the name that everybody's... Like, when later on, Audrey's always... She's wanting to know where this person is. Um, oh, Bill, Billy. Uh, Billy. 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 There's, there's theories that it's Billy's truck. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Uh, it's like, uh, or he... Yeah, it's... The Stole truck it. is Billy's. Uh, Richard borrowed it. Uh, that's why Andy goes to Billy's place to uh, ask about yes. the car. Yes, 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 yes. But we're going to the new fat trout. <laughs> yes. Carl. Carl Rod is hanging out with Mickey and Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and poor dude, Harry Dean Stanton looks so rough. Yeah. During this. He well he has well he's in his nineties. Yeah. He, filming this, like not many people look great in their nineties. No, no, no. He didn't um I don't think he was quite that old. Um because I thought he was born in nineteen forty. Um what's that? Uh let me see Harry Dean. <sighs> He was oh, born in 1926. Right? You're right. You're right. He was born in 1926. Holy shit. Yeah, he got into acting later in life. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, he, you know, he, he, there, there wasn't much makeup work to be done. Although I think they did do makeup and he probably looks better than what he did off. Um, but, Car yeah, Carl's hanging out with Bill and Mickey in the new Fat Trout trailer park. <laughs> You know, he gets his ride to town every day because, you know, at his age, he doesn't have a whole lot to look forward to, he says. And what is, Mickey says he's still got a lot of mileage on him. Yeah. Sadly, that would be wrong. Oh, God. And the actor who played Mickey, uh, he got in legal problems. Uh, Did he? Yeah, shortly after the actor. Uh, let me Jeremy know. Linden? Jeremy Linden. Yes. Linden. He was arrested for assaulting his girlfriend with a baseball bat. Yeah. And was charged with second-degree murder, second-degree um, assault, yeah. and unlawful imprisonment. Yeah, he was in a Twin Peaks group on Facebook. 
Uh, and we found out about that in that in our group because uh, he was like a regular contributor contributor. And then we found out about people found out about that and was like, oh, yeah, oh, that's shitty. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe it was from the not smoking. <laughs> you know? damn it, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, Carl's uh... visibly upset that Mickey quit smoking. <laughs> A year ago. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's upset. He's upset that he can't, you know. And and <laughs> Carl doesn't care. He's just gonna smoke right in his face. Yeah. What does he say? I've been smoking every day for seventy five years. I've been smoking every day for seventy five years. Yep. Oh. And so he then we then it cuts to um the double R. The double R. And we see Heidi who all she can do is laugh. Yep. <laughs> and she's talking nice to, to see Heidi back. <laughs> nice to see Heidi back. And it's the same actress, by the way, people. It's the same same actress. And she's talking she to... Jumpstart her man that morning, you think? <laughs> Jumpstart the old man? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and she meets up with... She's talking to Miriam, I believe is her name. Yep, Miriam. Uh-huh. Uh, she comes into play pretty... She's part sure. of uh, the, the, yeah, she'll come in more, but right at this part, we only know she's the best pie customer. And she can't <laughs> afford to be buying the pies, and she's, yeah. <laughs> but she's addicted to the pies, so Shelly says very nicely that next time they're going to treat her, on a, the, the pie will be on the store. Yeah. And we cut back to Horn, who's driving and freaking out. Yeah, because he's all fucked up on that sparkle shit. Yep, and there's a car stopped, and he decides to go around, and the mom and this little boy are playing the weirdest game. Um, and by the way, I'm a, game. I, I, I catch, I don't know, it's like I, I thought it was a Sonny Jim game, honestly, when I first saw it the first time. I'm like, is that <laughs> Sonny Jim being weird? Um, <laughs> as a parent, you know, uh, I, I have a brood. This. Not the fact that the kid got ran. I mean, yes, the kid got ran, kid gets run over, and it's awful. And again, uh, it's my least favorite part of the show because I just got walled into a false sense of security last episode where they don't kill the kid, and then he kills the kid in this episode. Bait and switch, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, it's the old Lynch, Dave, David Lynch, bait and switch. <laughs> it is the whole David Lynch bait and switch. Oh, you think you're safe? Fuck you, I'm killing the kid. Um, but the fact that <clears throat> all my kids... I would never let them run in front of me in a crosswalk, ever. I don't care where it is. I mean, I live in a town of 5,000 people. I probably live in a town that has less people in it than Twin Peaks at this point. And I, they have to stay beside me or behind me. I go first. And this mom's just like, okay. The guy, the truck raves her through. And she's like, okay, run, 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 little Timmy, run. And little Timmy gets... Just taken out, and Lynch stays on this a bit long. Yeah, um, very uncomfortable scene. Yeah, that's what Lynch is good. He's good at making us feel uncomfortable in a, a scene that's already uncomfortable because it's not often you see a child gets killed pretty graphically in a, a TV show or a movie. I can't really think of a lot of them where you. I can't even think of one at the moment. I could think of a movie. I could think of. I think can think of the Pet Cemetery. But this is, you know, it's. But this is more. I mean, 
I can't think of a show that focuses on the dead body. Like, the mom's holding the dead body for a while. Yeah. And, and, and he does a good – it makes you feel uncomfortable, and you you feel sad because, you know, you're all these people are sitting around, standing around. They don't know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. a child just got ran over and killed in front of them. And, you know, uh, Carl sees this, and he walks over, and he's consoling her. The only way Carl knows how, and by being kind of weird, be a weirdo about it, yep. is the best way. But you know, he he's been places, man. He's been places, and again, he also sees basically the child's soul. Yep, he can see the child's soul. It goes away. He knows the kid's dead, so he goes and just kind of. You notice it doesn't just go away in the sky. It goes away in the electrical lines. In the electrical lines, right. Yep, absolutely. I missed that the first time. Like I thought I was just going up in the sky. Now for this, you know, and we're talking about the electricity and how Lynch is kind of obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. That's where the souls go is in the electricity. Yes. And there is something, though, that I also had to laugh at during this scene. And I felt bad laughing because it is such a serious scene. When they are cutting to the people that are staring it's it's bad <laughs> some of the reaction shots are oh, yeah. really really bad man. these are not act- professional actors no no obviously not because these are these are like the i paid them 25 dollars to stand to be a stand-in um because some of these uh, i was just like really like that's how you're gonna look <laughs> yeah but then there's a mis- mystery thing, too. So the child's soul goes away. And then we see the number six electrical pole that we last saw in uh, Fire Walk With Me. Yes. Same numbers. Uh, we talked about it, I think, in like part two or three, yeah, numerology and all that. Uh, this is uh, this electric pole is haunting Carl Rod's life. It is, is haunting Because it was Carl. a fat trout in Deer Meadow. And now it's back in Twin Peaks. Yes. And I do think... No, no, there's two schools of thought on this uh, that I had before we came into it. One, that that is a link to the White Lodge, to a, to a White Lodge. Um, and But I don't think so. The other thing I think is going back to my theory about the drug and that, you know, Horn killed this kid, um, and he's infected with the with the with the Black Lodge, and so this soul was sent to the Black Lodge. Yeah, those are my two schools but, thoughts. Uh, spoiler: alert, Richard Horn's dad is from the Black Lodge, so I I'm just gonna yep. not agree with the drug thing. I think it's probably more of his lineage than mm-hmm. Sparkle. Uh, yes, that is a spoiler, but absolutely. I mean, if you're if you're this far into the show, into the podcast, you've probably seen this already. Yeah, I'd hope so. <laughs> I hope we just so hold too. up on spoilers just because we don't want to talk about them. Yeah, or if you're watching along like I do with the Office podcast, I mean, <laughs> sorry, but you know that will come up. But that was pretty much uh, honestly, there was already people knew by this point that that's what was going on with Richard Horn as well. Yeah. So then we cut to back to Duncan Todd. Or Duncan. <laughs> oh man. And he's he gets a weird virus red red screen on yep. his on his on his uh that just shows up on his computer. 
and which again leads me to that technology being merged with the with the lodge stuff and uh he closes it out it definitely looks like the red from you know from the curtains yeah and he closes it out and he goes and gets a file and it's got a black circle on it yep yep (laughs) that can't be good he doesn't look happy when he has to do this no no, he is not happy at all when he has to do this. Um, immediately cutting to Tuggy's car. Yep, over in Rancho Rosa. <laughs> Rancho Rosa. And there's a guy. Uh, we, we see that we see one one nine woman again, and they're on her roof. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the car exploded. It, uh, parts of it are going to fly somewhere. <laughs> yep. So they're looking for Dougie's license plate so they can get to recognize what the car is and get registration on it. And it's on her roof. So yep. here's this cop yelling his license plate across the fucking yard. <laughs> Did you get all that? Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so Jane is going to find out what happened to Dougie's car at some point. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she keeps asking him and she... He's not uh, he's not answering. He's, nobody's home. <laughs> nobody's home. But now oh. we gotta go to the premier hotel where we meet one of my favorite new characters. Ike yes. Ike. Ike the Spike Sadler. Oh, or he's Sadler. throwing Sadler. dice in his room and drinking, and I have no idea what he's doing here. <laughs> now, whenever I see someone rolling dice, I had some I had some friends of mine um, many years ago. I, I never got into it, but they were on meth. And uh, every time I'd go and see them, they'd be sitting at a table rolling dice, all messed out. And that was one of the reasons why I never touched it. I was like, that, that's not a, that doesn't look like a good time to me. No, no, that does not sound like a good time. I mean, Ike, I don't think he's on meth. I th- he's writing down, like, the results. So yeah. I think he's, I don't know. Like OCD or um, on the spectrum? Or he's trying to figure out how to, you know... Predict numbers or something. Or oh, the, yeah, yeah, predictability. Since it is Vegas, it wouldn't surprise me if that's something he thinks he can crack. It's not, but <laughs> all the power to him. And then the envelope we saw earlier slides under his door. Mm-hmm. And there's two pictures. Uh, the woman who we last saw uh, wasn't too happy about uh, Dougie vanishing. Nope, and sending the message Argent. <clears throat> yep. And uh, the other target is Dougie Jones himself. So, so <laughs> yes, and he stabs them, plays with them, and stabs <laughs> it with his with his ice pick. Yep, <clears throat> he Which, loves his ice pick. I, I I love his ice pick. I do uh, too. <laughs> yeah, this is one of my favorite new characters, and I have some <laughs> horrible things to say that's going to be really offensive later. So uh, I apologize now when we get to that part. If you're offended. Send me an email. Uh, so we got to Cooper, who can't get out of the elevator. It seems like he's he's playing, though. You know, like, the look on his face is almost, like, a little mischievous, like he's a kid fucking yeah. with people. Yeah, absolutely, because he's just staring. I, I actually, I got more that he was having enjoyment of the elevator opening and closing. <laughs> That's <laughs> more the vibe I got. Like, my two-year-old, when she stares at the elevator and it just opens and closes, she loves that door opening and closing. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's he's a child. He's a blank slate at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
Mullins wants him to hit his office, but he won't respond to Jones. Nope. Nope. He responds to Dougie, and he doesn't want to go. They can't, you know, so he goes over there, and the door gets closed, um, and they are going over, and he's just like, what is this childish scribblings you got here? And it starts to make sense to him. Yeah, he started to see, because what I think... Cooper's trying to draw his, his, he's trying to explain his escape from the lodge. But what the lodge is telling him where to draw these things is uh, is connecting the dots for Mullins. That these names are coming up mm-hmm. in each case. Uh, we, you know, spoiler, who cares if it's a spoiler? We kind of get the gist of what's going on is there's fraud going on and it's uh, Tom Sizemore. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and what I took the ladders and 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 stairs to mean was that look at what this insurance is for, you know, probably somebody falling, someone getting hurt, whatever it may be, uh, yeah. or fire escapes and going, and so I, it starts, it makes sense with him, and he's, you know, what I thought was really cool and was kind of a throwback to Cooper was he's like, you know, this doesn't make, you know, it doesn't make sense, and he says, make sense of it and he said it very methodically right like the way he held make yeah. was it was very it was almost almost authoritative like look at it get, yeah get it right and that's like a little glimmer that cooper's in there it's it just takes a lot for him to have a moment mm-hmm. meanwhile Janie is at the park with her red purse oh my god <laughs> Her tirade is amazing in this scene. So <laughs> these two guys are like the scuzziest looking fucks ever, right? One of them, the one with like the weird mullet and beard, like he's in a lot of stuff. I forget his name, but he's been in a lot of like, he's like pretty good TV character actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there was Ronnie, G- Ronnie Jean Blevins played Tommy and um, Jimmy was played by... Who the fuck was Jimmy played by? Jeremy Davies. And I think Jeremy Davies. He was in like Lost and he was in Justified. He just, he, he does a good job as a, they're both enjoyable. <laughs> but like, you know, they're like, Dougie uh, threw down 20, 20 grand on a bet and lost. And now they want 52K. And then Janie goes and talks about like that interest rate. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she goes off. My bank that doesn't even give me 1% would love it. 25%, which I'm going to give you. And how dare you? Because I didn't know he was spending this money. And she just goes off on these two guys. They don't know how to handle it. No. And and the, again, the funny thing is, is that they just got 420 some thousand dollars. She's still going to barter with the loan sharks is what we find out these guys are. Dougie made a bad football bet. And so he owes $25,000. Um, but now it's fifty two thousand because of how long it's been for him to repay them, and um, they they take the twenty five thousand dollars for her. Yeah. And they, what does he say? Tough dame. Yeah, tough dame. Uh, it's, it's it's a shrewd move on Janie, but I think it it you know one she made him go to a public park mm-hmm. to do this, mm-hmm. and two by not giving them the fifty k. Because otherwise, if she did that, there's chances they'll try to extort her more. Yes. But giving them half, 
and give him like the 25k it's just pretty much just shut up here's the money and go away yeah and they take it and again this just goes to show how like it gives a more insight into Janie as a character like what kind of you know I kind of always wonder like how was she put up with uh Dougie that's but what in we a need way, that show man we need the yeah. four episode <laughs> Dougie <do>. and Janie <laughs> we do however I kind of get the feeling that there is a domineering submissive relationship going on there yeah that's I think that's part of it. I think she enjoys the power that she has over uh Dougie in a way. Yeah. And lets him kind of get away with these things because it gives her more power over him. Yeah. That's my take. That's probably why it goes to Jade for two rides. <laughs> Jade give two rides. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now let's let's now let's head over and see what Ike the Spike is up to because he's having a blast. <laughs> oh, my oh my god, the song that's playing, and he just comes in and you just hear a scream, and he comes through and he's got blood all over his hand, and he takes that woman out. I think her name was Lorraine, and she's credited yeah. as Lorraine. Yeah. And this is the part where I was going to say it's offensive, folks. Why didn't someone just punt him? I'm sorry. But... I was going to say, because he, he, uh, he seems like a, a little person. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he technically, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I don't know. But all I know is like when he screams, he sounds a lot like Bob. Yes. Screams. That was cool. That was... And he's got those nasty teeth that go with it to just make him more menacing. Yeah. But this he whole just... time I'm... <laughs> he goes to Lorraine, he just like, she tries to run. He just... Jumps right in, man. I don't know if a punch would work. Like he seems pretty determined to stab me. <laughs> he, is. he goes right to work. She she gets up from her desk, tries to get away. He corners her and just goes to town. Yeah, he and, just literally jumps right into her with a, his, his spike. Yeah, yeah, with his spike, and I and it <laughs> is poor woman sees it. <laughs> he runs after her. <laughs> it's an off-screen death, and I wish it was on screen because I want to see that. Um, he, he took her pretty hard because it bent a spike. Oh, and he's and you hear the one thing he's like, "Aw." <laughs> yep, you could tell that he's sad because the spike is broke, and um, that's an amazing scene. Like I was just laughing the whole time. Oh my god! <laughs> I was just like the first time I watched it, I was just in shock. I think of what was going on this time around. I was like, "Holy shit, this is brilliant!" <laughs> it's hilarious. He just. It is. He just wipes them all out. <laughs> it's really quick. He just takes out this whole office. Like I just imagine him slaughtering this whole company. Like this is what I this is what I this might well, did. That's the thing with Ike, it's the element of surprise. You're not expecting it. <laughs> Man, that determined. <laughs> he loves what he does and it shows. We we cut to uh, Richard who pulls off in this field. And begins wiping blood off the the, the kid's blood off the, the the truck rail to remind us that Richard Horn ran over a kid, which it seems like uh, you know that's pretty fresh blood. It shouldn't be that hard to wipe off. Well, here's the thing: he drove a ways, and what we didn't talk about was Miriam saw him. Miriam saw him. That's going to come up later. 
Yes. Yes. That's going to come up later. And but she it's saw that she saw him. Yes. She saw that. Yes. Yes. They saw each other. And it, yeah, that's just, I just want to make that reference that we covered that because that will come up. We immediately cut to the, the restroom. Toss yeah. a coin. After, you know, I, I've dropped change in the, men, the men's, the public men's room. You just let it go. You let it go, man. You let it go. <laughs> you don't Hawk. want to, you don't want that in your pocket. No, but it shows that Hawk is a frugal man because he goes into that stall and he notices that the paneling is bent and he looks at the name of it and it's Nez Pierce. Nez Pierce Manufacturing. Nez Pierce Manufacturing, which is a throwback to the secret history. And he realizes my heritage and he gets, gets a crowbar and starts <laughs> taking it apart and in comes Chad the ass. And uh, Chad the Chad, and he starts, does, does, does the sheriff know you're doing this? He comes in with his coffee and a thing. I, I never take my coffee in to take shit at work. Like, that's weird. No, I, that's leave it weird at, I leave it at my desk. Mm-hmm. You leave your coffee at your desk. Don't take, you, people who are listening to this, if you're that guy, don't be that guy because everyone's talking about you behind your back. Like yeah, you're, you're the one who's drinking our fecal matter. Exactly. <laughs> I, there's two things you don't do. You don't take the coffee into it, and you don't talk to yourself when you shit. We worked with, I worked with the person who did that in the office, like would yell at their shit when they were trying to go, don't be that person either. I knew somebody who did that too, one of my roommates when I was in my 20s. <clears throat> it's very frightening. Yeah, don't be that person. But so, uh, he pulls the panel back, and uh, after he tells Chad, and Chad's like, I'll tell the sheriff. And he's like, yeah, go tell him. Like, I don't give a <laughs> shit. Leave me alone, Chad. <laughs> Leave me alone, Chad, you Chad. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he gets, some, uh, gets some papers. You know, uh, I kind of want to talk about this a little bit. Please. Because what we know, these are uh, Laura's missing pages from her diary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My theory is Leland stashed these in there. Oh. When he was arrested. Oh, that's a good theory. That uh, he hit him. So he hit him basically in... Because there's, like there's a scene where he has to use the restroom in the original mm-hmm. run. He's arrested. I think this is when he hides those pages. Okay. Now here's my question to you on this. Because I see a I see a hole in that, and my thought on that is is that those were from the secret diary, not the diary that they got. And Leland never got access to those secret diary. It was destroyed at um, what's his nuts place, and um, only the police officers were able to get a hold of that. Well, remember Laura had that. Uh, she had a diary, and then she found people were looking into it. So I, that's another thing it could be. So do you think that she... The, these are the pages that were ripped out in Fire Walk with me when she came home. Oh. Oh, yeah, because time doesn't... Because our whole thing about time being yeah, irrelevant... it's not linear with this. It's not linear in there, and Bob would have seen that and taken it, and those might have been the torn out pages before she gave it. To, yeah. But did she have the dream before then? I don't think she had the I, dream before then. I don't... She might have. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember, but I think... 
<clears throat> what Lynch is setting up. And again, continuity is not David Lynch's. No, it's not. No, it's not. Suit. And there's a but lot of I think of that's the imply. These are the pages that when Laura came home and fire walk with me and she won't. And she's going through her diary, and she finds those pages that are torn out, and she really freaks out. Leland stashed those because uh, it incriminates him. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm going to go with it. I mean, there's there's holes. I mean, there's continuity holes. But, again, I lo- this is why I, w- I love doing the podcast where we can bounce ideas. Except for the drug stuff. I just Since it's such a... Minor, it's such it's a, a minor deep plot. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's are we, we going to get deep into James and Evelyn now? <laughs> oh God! No. God damn it! No, um, I but like yeah. that idea, and I'm going to say that that you're probably right on that because Secret History retconned a lot, a lot, a lot uh, from what was done, and and we're not even done with that because. <laughs> Final Dossier does even some more retconning. Right, right. Final Dossier does that. And I could see this being part of that because of kind of the thing about Margaret and Hawk in the secret history. So I'm going to go with your theory on this and say, yeah, that when when Leland went to use the bathroom, he hid those pages in there. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. He bent it back and threw them in there. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with that theory. Yeah, it's not really my theory. I read somewhere and it made sense to me, and that's kind of I don't remember where I read it, but I think that's that pushed me in that direction. And again, we could be wrong, but I just don't see who else would be stashing Laura's diary pages. Right. Harold no. never made it to the police station because he killed himself. Mm-hmm. The only person who ever had access to Laura diaries would be Leland. Yep. That's the that's the only thread between those and being in the police station. But again, it could be who the fuck knows. <laughs> it could be the bubblegum tree for all I know. It could yeah, the lodge could have hid the papers. But no, I don't think so. I think you're I think that's really good because also that would have especially those pages would have given away a lot of what was to come. Yeah. Um and so I'm I'm with you on that. I I'll, I'll say yes. I think I think you're right. I think Leland did stash them. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Ooh, and then, but now, now we go. Doris is mad at Frank because the leaky pipe's still not fixed. Oh. And she goes off in front of everybody. Yeah, uh, Frank has a he has quite the home life. I think. Yeah. Well, we find out more insight into their home yeah. life because chad says something i can't remember what it was i fucking wiped it from my brain oh he was just like uh, yeah he says something and then he uh maggie mm-hmm. informs us that their son committed suicide and i have a uh, something about maggie okay uh, all right she's played by jody teelan mm-hmm. that is my brother's cousin what yes <laughs> that's my awesome brother- me and my brother have different dads. Mm-hmm. Uh, his side of the family, the Teeland side, uh, she went to Hollywood and got an acting career. And uh, so I saw the end credits. I was like, Teeland, I knew there was an actress that my brother was related to with the last name, same last name. I went on IMDb, and he was staying with me at the time when I saw And I asked him, like, is Jody Teeland your, your cousin, the one that went into acting? He's like, yeah. So yeah, that's. <laughs> yep. I've never met her, but 
Her IMDb, she was born June 12, 1962 in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Yep. <laughs> she has been in uh, Four Friends. She was in that the year I was born, in 1981. That gives you, I've given away my age here, folks. Twilight Time, The Black Stallion Returns, Doctor Story, American Playhouse, Duet, uh, Starting Now, Follow Your Heart, Random Acts of Variety, Short Attention Span Theater, um, Grace Under Fire, uh, One Night Stand Playback. She was in The Wedding Singer. Yep. She was in Closer, Dawson's Creek, Touched by an Angel, Joan of Arcadia, You're Still Young, Death Do His Part, Cryptic, Leggies, and the last thing she was in was Twin Peaks. Yeah, she made a uh, living for herself as, you know, bad actress. It's pretty cool. Yeah, she was, uh, yeah, she, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I figured I'd spring that on you. That's awesome. <laughs> That's absolutely awesome. You know, I'll, I'll give you one. Um, my, uh, it's, it's totally unrelated, but my cousin um, from um, my, uh, my uncle, he had a child that was not with any of my other cousins. And she and his mom, uh, he, and his, he and his mom ended up moving to California after, shortly after he was born and to get away from my uncle because he was an asshole. And... Um, he is now in charge and creator of Shark Week. Really? Which is going on their 20th anniversary. Yeah. He is Shark Week. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. His name is Jeff. And he is the guy that makes that going. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've never met him. Um, only talked to him briefly, uh, like once or twice on Facebook. Oh, wow. <laughs> Craziness. Right? Weird? Weird, right? But, so getting back, we find out that Frank and Doris, their son, was a soldier mm -hmm. who committed suicide, which Chad mocks <laughs> like a... Oh, my God. What a yes. fucking horrible... And just the look on everybody's face, and he's like, you know, like, oh, I'm a soldier, I can't take it. You're like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Chad? Yeah, Chad is a Chad. Um... And you are not supposed to like Chad at all. And this was one of the scenes that really, really hammered that home. Um, like yeah, he's mocking a, a soldier who died by suicide, and, you know, and especially in this age, a lot of that's, you know, PTSD related. Absolutely. That, it is. Which is just like <clears throat> the fact that Chad can find humor in something like that is, uh, He's he's not a good guy. No, 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 no. And finally, the show ends back at the roadhouse with Sharon von Etten playing Teresa. I love this song. I love that song. Uh, Sharon von Et von Etten. I I like her in small doses. I can't listen to a whole album of hers. Nope, I can't do the same thing either. But usually on any one of her albums. There's about three gems. Yes, absolutely. She, yeah. Uh, that, uh, the, the show did, this is one I, I was kind of aware of before Twin Peaks. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was aware of Sharon Von Etten before because I had, you know, she's been around for a while. Yeah. And um, I will say that uh, she, uh, um, 
is <clears throat> very talented. And when I say that, you know, there's about three gems per album. I'm a music. You both, you and I are music junkies. Um, she's an Amer. She's a singer songwriter, which is a little different in, in terms of musicians. And you know, you look at a lot of those famous singer songwriters um, over the years. Um, you know, you had a uh, um, John Denver was a singer songwriter. Um, what's his name? Um, did badly. Roy Brown um, was a singer. Oh, Jim Croce. Yes, thank you, Jim Croce. Um, Neil Diamond was a singer-songwriter. You look at these people, and they usually come out with, like, over the course of, of a career, maybe five great songs. Um, yeah. You know, that's just the way it goes. But she is, one of the things I love about her is she's got that folk harmony that she does so well. And she's got a really great voice. Yeah, again, I, I love her. I just, it's just like... Uh... I guess singer-songwriters, are that's a kind of genre of music I can only listen to so much of. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, like, even, like, when it's rare for me to sit and listen to somebody by themselves with an acoustic guitar. It's just, yes. it's just hard for me. I just, that's just who I am. Send hate mail to Paul Muad'Dib. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, you can, send, you can send me the hate mail. I will say, though, I love this version of the song. Because the studio version is different. Yeah. And this particular version of it is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, no disagreement from me on that. And this is one of the few episodes that there's no dedication at the end. Of the yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Although the, I think, you know, there was dedication, obviously, I think, hidden in the show, given the, the case files. Yeah. You know, so yeah. the fact that he was, you know, there were shout outs to the art director, the set designer, the camera assistants. The well, were they dead? I don't think they were dead. Well, that's that's different then. That's a shout out. The dedications at the end of the episodes are the dead. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Although I have seen, oddly enough, I have seen some some things that are dedicated to live people. So I don't fucking know. I, mean, I, I would have been shocked if they dedicated an episode to Kyle McLaughlin because then I'd be like, did he die making this? <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, although I think this is the episode they should dedicate to Miguel Ferrier for his best line. So before we uh, started the podcast, me and Paul are kind of talking. This is one of the weaker episodes for us. Mm -hmm. uh, again, it's the drug dealers stuff. I just don't care. I, I, I'm sure there's people out there who do. But just it feels like they're uh, with this episode things are just kind of getting stretched out. Yes, uh, I would agree with that. Adding a, a whole lot. I mean, Ike the Spike and the Gene Kelly and all that. It's good, but uh, it this felt like it slowed up the pacing a bit. Very much. The only thing of significance that came out of this particular episode, when you think it's a fifty-eight minute episode, is Hawk finding those papers. That is it. <laughs> that is the only real plot driving element here and the introduction of Ike the Spike. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you know, the case files with Bush and all that's just kind of moving things along, though. That wasn't. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's uh, this episode I remember watching is like, I, I guess, you know, I was like, that was entertaining. Uh, you know, uh, I forget how I felt with the following episode. I think it picks it up a bit. But yeah, this was like this is like one where just this, 
if we're thinking this is like an 18 hour long movie, every movie has that. Pretty much every movie has a moment where it just kind of lulls because they're just trying to establish the story and move the plot along. Uh, and with Lynch, he likes to slow that down in his projects. And this is like that moment. <laughs> yes. And this this is definitely that episode. Yeah, we were talking about that. Um Really, the only thing, again, this is, you know, we saw more of Janie's um, personality, okay? We learned that Aunt, that Tom Sizemore is doing some shady shit. Doesn't really push a whole lot. That's really a minor thing. Um, really, you know, the introduction of Richard Horn being a fucking bastard is kind of the main chunk of this. And finding out that, you know, there's, you know, introducing Ike the Spike. I think there could have been other ways of doing it, but I'm not going to question it because it's Lynch. But this is definitely a lull episode. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, this is uh, way better than the worst episodes of season two. Oh, 100%. And you start to get glimpses in this particular episode of things that are going to become more readily happening um with the scene where dougie was drawing yeah. it's just very i mean i think it was something like four or five i think it was like four minutes four and a half minutes of him doodling. just doodling on these papers and nothing else and you're gonna see scenes like that more often in this in the in this in this episode in these in, in this return the most egregious is the sweeping scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is egregious. Again, I was I, when we get to that. I want. I, I, it, it unnerved me though. It did unnerve me. I was really expecting something. Well, that's because you're always unnerved by green onions. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fuck green onions, motherfucker. <laughs> So other than that, yeah, so we got through this. We still got 12 more episodes to go, uh, plus the Twin Peaks final dossier book. Yep. But, <clears throat> but unfortunately, yeah, this is going to be the last episode for at least probably two weeks. We, you know, you got to take care of your health first, man. That's, mm, yeah. yeah. We, can, we can hold off on talking Twin Peaks for a bit. Yeah, and I apologize for that, but it's... Oh, uh don't be sorry. Yeah. I'm going to be plenty busy while you're out, because I'm going to go to plugs now. Yes, plug, please. We got some interesting stuff. Uh, I'll do two weeks' worth of Joe Down plugs. Uh, we've established uh, the next movie. We just did Foxcatcher. I love that. Uh, I loved your review of that. <laughs> sorry for some of the Michael Scott spoilers, but I'm sure without any context, you had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I had no idea. I yeah, I it didn't. I didn't really get it. So don't worry about it. Oh yeah. So we did Foxcatcher. Uh, coming up is uh, Venom. Oh God, with the, Tom Hardy. Okay. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Tom Have you seen people. that? I love my Tom Hardy. I love me my Tom Hardy. Uh, Brown picked that. And following that, I'm super excited. It's a documentary. It's the Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster. Oh, God. Yeah, I get oh. to Dave Mustaine for crying. It's amazing. What's that? 
I get to mock Dave Mustaine for crying. Oh, I mean, you've seen it. You've seen it, yes? Yeah, I've seen it. There's a moment where he gets all emotional about being kicked out of Metallica. He was kicked out for being a mean drunk. (laughs) Yes, he was kicked out of being... But but the way they did it was really shitty. (laughs) The movie... The best part of the movie is, like, it takes, like, a therapist to make them realize they're a bunch of assholes. (laughs) Well, and if I remember correctly... They fucking kicked the therapist. Like, they all gave up on the therapist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a toxic group of people. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. just like, put that out in the world, and it's, it's, there's so much unintentional hilarity in it. Oh, God. Like, how they recorded an album based off of, like, jamming and then going there with Pro Tools and making songs out of it. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, I'm excited for that. It, yeah, I'm excited to see your snark on that one. God, that was a terrible... I haven't seen it since it came out, and I Either. forgot a lot of it because it was just I, I hated it. I mean, I hated them. I I be honest with you, I lost respect Metall- for Metallica back in high school with Napster. Yeah, that that whole thing is uh, it very much tainted my view on them as well. Uh, I still will listen to Metallica from every now and then. Uh, not you know, just I was never the biggest fan, but. Mm. You know, whatever. Game time. Game time. What's your, since we're talking, we're plugging, what's your three favorite Metallica songs? Oh, God. See, I'm not, I have to go and look now because I'm not even sure what the titles are. Oh, sure. I, dude, I get it. Like, I, when, when Napster happened, I was a big Metallica fan. And I was, you know, heavy into uh, Metallica. And, you know, they were probably the lightest rock I was listening to at the time. When it was really into rock, I was really into like more metal. Um, but yeah, when that whole Napster thing happened, I was like, "Fuck you guys, I'm out." Okay, I. It's you know I, I'm I'm not doing a lot of deep tracks here. Uh, sure, of course. Three would be Master of Puppets, Unforgiven, okay. and or and Orion, and I know two of those are from the same album, but. Master yeah. of Puppets to me is a great, uh, it's just a great solid me- hard rock metal album. Now, what's interesting to me is my, what I consider my favorite album of theirs um, was uh, And Justice for All. Have you heard? Uh, it's on YouTube and it's phenomenal. It's called Injustice for Jason. I've, I've, yes, I've listened to Injustice for Jason and it should have been the way it was done. Yeah, they did a remaster like two years ago of it, and they did, they still just a giant fuck you to like the most positive and uplifting guy that they have pretty much ever had in their band. Just cut out his bass lines. Yeah. Kept it cut out. And so I'm, I'm glad somebody at least went and put it or mixed him back in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, just, just real quick for those guys that don't know. Newstead and Ulrich said, eh, we're, 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 during the editing, eh, take that bass down, take that bass down, eh, do it another three decibels. Um, and you, you can't hear the bass. And it really does fuck with, with some of the songs. It does. It, it, was, it's, it was a weird spite thing. They're, long story short, they were taking a lot of their frustrations of Cliff Burton dying out on Jason, mm-hmm. who had, you know, he wasn't, wasn't there. He wasn't there. He wasn't part of the band. They hired him as Cliff's replacement. He's already in a bad situation. And all they did this whole time in the band was shit on him. 
and then when it gets to, they're starting to film the making of what was going to be their next album is saying anger. He quits right away. <laughs> He's mm. fucking done. Jeez. And it's by far, by far one of my favorite moments in that movie. He's just like, I'm fucking done. I've yeah. had these guys. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. And even after all these years, he won't talk shit about them. No, he won't. He won't. He's he's really a stand-up dude. And uh, now they got Trujillo, and that's uh, that poor son of a bitch walked into a landmill, landfill. Okay, anyways, go on. Um, okay, so, so that's what it. else are you plug in? Uh, so that's with the Joe down. Uh, we'll have some episodes. We uh, uh, just because of what's been going on, uh, we've re- have a few in the can for bears, beats, and bobbleheads. Uh, talking, yes. yes. Um, so that we'll, will not be disrupted. No, um, we made because of uh, Scott made the decision for that one that um, you know that is our shorter podcast. So it made sense for us to um, watch a couple episodes. Uh, and, you know, um, have that go on, um, which makes sense because The Office is a quick watch and that's a quick podcast. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's pretty much in its infancy. We've done how many of these and you guys, guys with cast. Uh, with this, I, I'm more comfortable. I think we were all more comfortable mm-hmm. uh, just kicking that out instead of putting it on hiatus, which yes. could probably just kill the podcast uh agreed um and then uh what else you got what else you plug in that's it for me uh you guys will have a cast we we will have a cast we will be recording prior to me having the surgery so we will have a cast you may have to do the next cast however i can do that speed to cruise control yeah (laughs) God, do it to him. Do it to him. <laughs> you can't cast Keanu Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I uh, uh, love it. Um, yeah, so the Will You Cast, I will tell you what the uh, dream project for that one is going to be is the, and I told Joe this prior to the COD podcast and it spiked his interest because he had no idea. The 1899 Cleveland Spiders baseball team. That will be the dream project. Um, and um, yeah, uh, we got uh, the, the other food podcast is on hiatus now because of the surgery. Um, and, you know, we are now um, the cast that movie and um this podcast is now on, uh, I've said it before, is now uh, playable on Google Podcasts as well. So we're on Spotify, iTunes, um, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. And with that, Paul, fuck Gene Kelly, that motherfucker.